one and all, welcome back to another episode of your beloved bi-monthly broadcast, Harlem's very own. Featuring, as always, your three ebullient co-hosts. Speaking first, it's Justin Winley, a.k.a. Bushido Black Belt, joined by my homies. Hey, yo, what's up? It's Jude, a.k.a. I don't know about y'all, but I know about us. And you ain't gonna be the mother of my child. I don't know about y'all, I know about (laughs) us. And you ain't gonna be the mother of my child. (laughs) Nice one. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> that it. Oh, okay, good. And our third mic. Oh, he disappeared. He disappeared. I guess we'll uh, just wait for him to come back. Uh, so, Jude, you got a new bed. I got a new bed. And, yes, cool. it's a king-size bed from Wayfair. Uh, memory foam, mm. medium, uh, what's it called? Medium comfort, which means it's like half memory foam. And half firm. So sorry. I used to oh, like, he's back. <laughs> yo, listen. This, I hate my Wi-Fi in this house. <laughs> I literally hate it. It's fine. We were Anyways, just talking real quick, about ladies, if you're trying to test out this king-size bed, come out the kid. And our third mic. <laughs> Hi, people. Hello. Good uh, afternoon. It's 451. Hi. Hello, people. My name is Amai K. Simmons. A.K.A. Mr. Deontay Demodic make a Demodum. What? Uh, A.K.A. <laughs> My man is doing he's doing wordplay. Nigga did a tongue twister like with super the letter hot D. Fire. <laughs> How you doing tongue twister with the letter D? Hey, you know what I'm saying? You, Sometimes you, say? you gotta just work Doug, with it. Dale Demodome? What did you say? Uh-huh. Standards to come down. Mr. Mr. Deontay, Mr. Deontay Demodic make a Demodum. You know what I'm saying? Come on. Dinkleberg. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> A.K.A. She call me Swishy Sweets because she be stacking on my balls like it's a lollipop. <laughs> D- does she really call you that? Does she really? Let's, let's not be crass. <laughs> let's not be Justin. I need mean, you know what, Justin. Here's your, here's your task for the next episode. You need to come up. With something just as wild as what this nigga comes up with, you need I'll a channel. You need a channel. <laughs> I don't like the sound. You need a. <laughs> it bothers him. <laughs> Sorry, it's, the sound is crazy. Sounds, this reminds me of when people don't like the, the word moist. The- the plosive, the, the the plosive energy that you. Have. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's the last one. <laughs> um, do you do that at girls' let- butt, Samad? You just be like. Like in that, does. you do this in. Um, if I tell you, I, if I tell you, I gotta kill you. Yeah, Damn. fair enough. And you know, this is this is right on, uh, right on target because it is the end of Valentine's week, and um, actually, yes. today's topic, uh, we will be talking about the idea, the concept, the brand of Black Love. Um, we'll be joined by a returning guest. Um, to discuss that, and you know, you'll uh, you'll hear her when she gets here later on. Otherwise, we do have some regular stuff to cover, so let's open it right up with our our uh, our favorite opening segment. And this is this is a doozy. This is um, fun. Mm. Yes, it is. Um, it's it's uh, it's called stop. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> this gentleman. Yeah. I said stop. Yes, mm. Preach. Stop. Yes, sir. Mm. This black man, because it's Black History Month. Yes, exactly. Stop this mm. Negro. Nigger. Sorry, <laughs> go ahead. Um, 
Yeah, so, hard um, ER for Black History Month. We <laughs> for what the internet is calling the worst Black History Month on on record, by the way. And Yo. I, I think this thread that we're going to talk about Yo, real quick. It's like it's February, the beginning of the whole. I was out niggered, and I will not be out niggered again. Is this when on the, TikTok? On t- is this when it started? Because damn, I feel like I heard it prior to did we this month. I think I, I started to hear it, but it is it, it is a very on. funny sound. <laughs> it's a very funny sound. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we were looking for someone to stop, and there were a lot of candidates, right? Because the baby was acting up, and obviously everything's going on between Ye and Pete Davidson. But Skeet. we've talked about those guys so much. What? Skeet. That's his name now. Skeet, Skeet. Davidson. Skeet Davidson, because <laughs> Kanye West is an eleven-year-old bully. Kanye West has turned into the white kid in Like Mike. <laughs> Wow. Wow. I mean, That's ba- also, Yo, though, how has race, race just switched like that? Like, Pete Davidson is Bow Wow, and Kanye is the white kid in Like Mike. How did that I feel, happen? Though, how did I we feel get here? Like, I feel like calling the man who is sleeping with your ex-wife Pete Skeet Davidson isn't the diss you think it is. It's, because where do you think that Skeet is going? On her forehead. You know, That's so it's horrific. like you, you've you effectively right. only um, uh, further dissed yourself. But that's who we're not talking about today. Um, there was, in fact, some of you, if you're on Twitter pretty regularly, you might uh, have noticed there was a, a thread that went kind of viral from one Nia Monet at Man. It's Nia Monet um, or Sativa Monet. She was she was had hoodwinked, bamboozled, bamboozled led astray, mm. run amok and flat out deceived. By uh, a Twitter scammer named Odell Walker Jr., aka OJ, OJ the King. The King. Odell Walker Jr. Leave it to a nigga named OJ. <laughs> Yo, that sounds like a slave ass name. Odell Walker. Odell Walker. That nigga sound like he in a rock. <laughs> My name Odell Walker. Now he got like a single. <laughs> he got like a single shot shotgun. <laughs> Bro, I was with the mind meld. I was just about to make a shotgun joke. <laughs> just sitting, <laughs> sitting on his lap, rocking with a sawed off. Just <laughs> I said, "Boy, yeah, get off my lawn. Now. Get off my porch, monkey." Like, Magus so- Walker. <laughs> <laughs> it's the way he said, "Monkey, <laughs> monkey, monkey." Boy, you say like Frieza, I- monkey. It's monkey. <laughs> Broly, look, niggas be wildin'. (laughs) (laughs) That was yo. Shouts out to my little brother Lewis who said to me that freezer was look, niggas be wildin'. (laughs) But that shit was funny. So, um, I think the best way to go through this is just to read it. Um, and this is long, uh, bro. This is like a bit. It's like a biblical story. I'm a. I'm a skip some of the i'm gonna summarize some of it but i want to i want to open it it is kind of like a an epic um so she says she met this young man odell on twitter last year and mm. and this comes from by the way this was precipitated by someone posting a, a picture of the two of them together where i think he was hiding his face or something like that um so uh they started talking and uh a month later uh he flew out to meet her which is when they took said picture in april 2021 and then they had a weekend together and then they made all these plans for her to go visit him in the following month. He picked the date. She bought her flight. Everything was smooth. And then a week before she's about to fly out, he said his cousin got killed. 
automatically Red for flag. me, I'm like, mm, where are you living? That like, <laughs> <laughs> like, do I want to? Do I want to become involved in that lifestyle? That like, are, are you also like in danger of being shot in any moment? Right. But whatever, you know. So she said, I never saw him post anything about his cousin's death, but not everything is for the internet. So I didn't think much of it. He said the funeral was going to be the same weekend I was supposed to be there. So I canceled my flight. We said we'd reschedule. She posts a screenshot of their text conversation. They rescheduled for June. And then he started having legal issues about how his license was suspended, about how he had to go to a, a, a different county mm-hmm. uh, to get a court date Where is to this? fight it. This is, this is actually a great question. Because I'm hearing county, um, I'm like, we don't talk about counties in New York. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, we. I mean, unless you you're at jury duty, which, by the way, listeners, I almost brief aside, um, I almost had to serve grand jury duty, um, and then I wouldn't have been able to record this episode. Ooh, you a lucky um, man. Yeah. Well, now because I volunteered, like, so what they do basically, the I'll do this fast. <laughs> so the difference between trial jury and grand jury is that trial juries have can have an indefinite length of of time right mm-hmm. and it's like you don't know how long you'll be in there doing whatever also trial jury is where they get like the the people to interview you about like your pol- your political beliefs your religion your like all that stuff that's that's how yeah, they yeah. curate a jury for the trial uh grand jury as i understood it is a group a panel of people who decide whether or not certain cases should be tried in the first place mm-hmm. so a prosecutor presents information to them about a case that they want to make. And the grand jury decides if it goes to trial or goes to court. Yeah. It goes to trial. Um, So the way they do it is you, you get a summons and you come in and you sit in a big old room and then they take your juror ID card and they start calling out names and you have to either say serve, which means that you're willing to be, to have your name moved up to the second round where they will randomly choose your name out of like a, uh, like a bingo roller uh, thing that they have or you can say uh application which is when you apply to have your date deferred another six months they said that this case is only going to be like nine to ten days um and that's like one of the shortest terms you'll you'll probably get in something like this so i said serve um and because i said serve even though i didn't get picked it still counts as service so i'm good for the next four years um even though i don't have to i'm not on the panel either selected so um just so you guys know from Harlem's very own, you can always say that uh, you understand what grand jury means now. But um, yeah, I don't know where they are, but uh, I, I had to serve because I was in the county of Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Manhattan is considered a county. Okay. Um, so he's having all these issues. Uh, and then two weeks before she's supposed to fly out, he has a court date and sends her what appears to be some kind of summons, right? But there's like almost no information filled out. Uh, <laughs> says that he... <laughs> <laughs> just, just a blank yellow paper. Did he just print out <laughs> summons? <laughs> he looked it up online and then just put some words on <laughs> just like the cat. Just... <laughs> <laughs> he said um, uh, he claims he has to pay a fine and spend four days in jail the very same weekend I was supposed to come. So he asked me if we can reschedule my flight to come a week sooner. And then, yeah, he. Where does know, the scam he, part he come out. in? Like just scan. Oh, this is, we're already in it. Uh, yeah. This is. I mean, this is this is part of it. Um, now I thought this was fishy as hell. She says, but I figured I would get to the bottom of everything in person when I got there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My sisters, my sisters, stand up. <laughs> my sisters, Where's Grace? Please. I think she needs to be in this for the story. <laughs> he said he would reimburse me for all the money I spent changing flights. 
So my dumbass agreed to come earlier. Always now, listen to your gut. Now, now hold on. Let's let's just think about this. A flight, one flight, is not cheap. <laughs> no, that's not no. cheap. She literally said that she did two flights. She paid for mm-hmm. two flights, and now we're about and to we get on to the third. To the third. <laughs> and also, how far is this nigga? That's what I'm saying. So like, like it is. Oh, it is. Like, let, let, let's unclear. think about this. Like, I'm I'm going to say something random. Like, she lives in Chicago. He lives in like Atlanta or something. That's like a right. like a three hundred dollar flight at the bare minimum. Less. That's, less, I, that's like that'd be like two two something. One oh, way. Are you, are you talking about round trip? Round trip. You talking about round trip? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's 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 the under right there. Yeah. My fault. Yeah. I would say I would say round trip. Like I like why would you stay in Atlanta? Like not why would you stay in Atlanta if you're I got, in Chicago? I got family out there, you know what I'm saying? Just stay stay for a little weekend. Or or a week, two weeks. Well there you go. You you got family over there. I don't know if she got right. family. I'm got family in I'm Chicago sorry. too. I was, at I was this being point, basically. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, you're right. No matter how far they are or close they are from each other, flights are flights. Flights are flights. So she says a few days before my third flight, he goes ghost for a whole twenty four hours. We talked every single day, so I was worried and confused. The day before I was supposed to fly out, I wake up to this text from his phone. She, she posts a screenshot. Wednesday, June 16. Everything okay? Same day, a few hours later. Hey, I'm texting everyone that reached out. Juice went to the hospital earlier today. His sugar spiking. He'll have his phone tomorrow. She said, please call me when you get your phone back. <laughs> Apparently, this man told her told her he was diabetic. Yo, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I really thought Uh, he was talking about his homeboy sugar. No, no, he texted her as another person. He texted her about himself as another individual, saying, "Yo, your boy is in the hospital because his blood sugar spiked." He'll he'll have his phone tomorrow. How did this person get the password? <laughs> <laughs> Number two. Did they did they did he take his hand and put his thumb? <laughs> or he has face ID, he held it up to his He was just on the on the on the, the gurney. He, just he had to open his eyes with the shake with the oxygen with the oxygen take all in his nose. Just open open this up real quick. Open this up real quick. <laughs> look at me, look at me. Smacks him in the face. Look at me. <laughs> He's a <laughs> he needs the eyes first <laughs> so so finally nia says i started using my brain none of this was adding finally up. he didn't want me to come for whatever <laughs> stand up he didn't want <laughs> me to come for whatever reason and the whole story was a lie that was definitely him texting me pretending to be someone else so i stopped responding and then stuff got real weird mm-hmm. this is where this man sends her another mystery text a, a picture of himself in the hospital bed. But hold on, let's analyze. Number one, it was a live picture yeah, so- and he moved at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, bro. The live picture, they just like this. All right, that's good, right? That's good. <laughs> No. Number two, the picture was clearly taken in an ER. If he had been there for days, why didn't they admit him? Number three, the board in the background has the wrong date on it. He sent it the day after it was taken, pretending it was current. Not to mention who was supposedly sending me all this. Not once did I get a text anywhere but his phone. 
and not once did they say, hey, this is OJ's mom, cousin, friend, nurse, anything. And then she goes on crazy to say that she did some digging and found out that this guy was not who he, who he claimed to be, basically. Oh, no. um, but- and that he tried to follow up with her, uh, so sent her a whole email talking about, hey, I just wanted to reach out and apologize for my actions. I'm not looking for a response. Classic toxic nigga. Oh my god, that is a that is a hall of fame toxic nigga. (laughs) Well, quick, let's let's just real quick. Let's real quick. Have we sent this text? Yes, yes, I have. (laughs) I'm very guilty. And the thing is, for me, I didn't ever like. I didn't realize that that was like a toxic thing. Mm -hmm. But what you're actually saying is, I don't, I don't want to risk hearing about myself from you. Yeah. So I'm gonna get this off my chest, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna prohibit you. Yeah. (laughs) I'm gonna gonna emotionally dump on you. (laughs) So I'm not looking for a response. I'm not looking for sympathy. I only want you to hear me out and hopefully find it in your heart to forgive. Firstly, let me tell you that I enjoyed our moments and I appreciate you being such a great person. Secondly, I'd like to repay the amount you spent for the ticket bought to come here. It was a very wild time. The ticket bought? The ticket bought? That's separate from refunding the rescheduling. Let me let me let me let me take this this paragraph, Justin. Let me, oh, let me, oh, go ahead. Let me let me take go this ahead. paragraph. And I love first that the off, this are doing this. This man didn't say tickets. He said ticket. <laughs> <laughs> just just one just one flight <laughs> i'm gonna go pay for one flight that you got it's one okay um here we go it was a very wild time for me i got sick my blood sugar spiked to the high 500s and i was hospitalized the very next day i was released from the hospital i had to serve jail time for the police issues almost dying in jail from them not giving me insulin as soon as I got released from jail, Yo, I reached out to off. you. But I was already blocked on everything at that point. Wait, 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 being a diabetic. He is checking off the police abuse box. He's just yes. checking yes. off boxes right here. Like, oh my God. It's like Juicy Smoulier all over again. Bro. Bro. Okay. Real quick, I'm upset that black people do not get the same attention a tinder swindler gets because yo this happens to black women too we all worried about a yo. sad white woman with this whole tinder swindler shit come on man this is funny this is this is <laughs> yo tinder swindler that that but no nah, that joint is insane i didn't see that bro I, no. I only heard about it because of this bro so it's insane i ain't gonna lie to you these white women they they're suffering for the rest of their lives i ain't gonna lie to you they're one? suffering Yes, bro. I I would say watch the documentary, watch the whole thing. But all I'm gonna say is, one of the women, one of the many women that he fucked over, she has to pay off more than a quarter million dollar loans. Oh, oh! She dropped nine loans for this man. Nine. <laughs> nine, bro. What? <laughs> Yo, niggas ain't shit, bro. I see why what? women say niggas ain't shit. This is a real niggas ain't shit. Oh. Damn, yo. Nine, bro. She is soft. She's she's done, okay? She's I mean, done. you can't like, forget about buying a house. A baby about... got more money than her. <laughs> <laughs> and we talking about like, yo, I'm telling you, 
next podcast, we got to talk about that thing. Because Tinder Swindler is... That that, that (laughs) dude right there, next level of toxic. Next. (laughs) Next. My Uh, my girl uh, and I was talking about that because she watched it and she was blown away. Y'all watched it together? No, no, she did. She just talked to me about it. And I was just Mm. like... No. No. Relaying it to you. Well, but let's 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 continue this. this I mean, email wild shit. At this point, the the rest of the email is just him being like, you know, I'm sorry that this happened, and you gave me the best experience of my life, type you know, type of thing. And she she had already blocked him, but it's just crazy how manipulative he was, right? Like as soon as I got out of prison, the first person I wanted to talk to (laughs) had blocked me. Like, oh my you see god, yo, he's you know I mean? so perfect. <laughs> he that was listen. The dude, the dude's account, I think, is de- is uh, deactivated as it should and, be. Oh no, it's it's no, not, it's still actually. going. Yep, yeah, Belly Roland, he's still up here. Yo, Belly, um, Belly Roland. Oh my god, Belly Roland. Oh my god. The, his most recent tweet. I'll read this and then we'll we'll close this. This is his most recent tweet. And real quick, he I said, must say, <clears throat> he looks like a Dunkin' Donuts Munchkin. He does. <laughs> he kind of looks like a Dominican Fat Joe. Not Fat Joe. Um, yes, Fat Joe. Action Bronson. Yes, Action Bronson. He looks That's like he looks like a fuckboy Uncle Phil. <laughs> yep. So yep. he said, ain't nothing I can say, but I apologize to y'all women I capped on. I'm going to eat these jokes and fall back and get more therapy from my ways. <laughs> <laughs> the first response is a woman under uh, the name of At Fantastic Fro, who says, you need to apologize to the emergency room folks for holding up their bed playing dead. <laughs> During COVID. <laughs> it's COVID outside. It's COVID outside. Can I use this bed real quick? I'm, I'm only going to be out real soon. Be out real soon. Yo, can I make a TikTok real quick? Yo, can wait. Yo, do we know more about him, though? Actually, because now I'm thinking. Nah. Well, maybe he's a nurse. Maybe he works in the hospital mm. or something. Wow. And just laid in the bed real quick. Not the Dexter of diabolical niggas. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> nigga said like this. It's like. <laughs> Still had the beanie on and everything. <laughs> Not a tooth no. to be found, right? Look, the the end of this email that he sent. It says, "Thank you for allowing me to experience the most genuine affection I've ever had." Oh my god! You take care. He says, "You take care," with a diamond emoji. No, sir. Yes, go. You need to be stopped forever. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. I want to first I, of all. I want to thank Sativa Monet for for, yo, stop, on for the being show, the one Sativa. to really stop this nigga. Yo, yeah. I need to know this: slavery, Jim Crow, police brutality. How do certain niggas survive? <laughs> Just out of all the terrible things that have happened to black people, how do we let this sit through the cracks? <laughs> <laughs> well, clearly he's crafty. You know what I mean? Yeah, yo, all, all the slippery, one. all the crafty niggas survive. <laughs> yeah, that's how it's got to be. Anyway, what were you gonna say, Ahmad? <laughs> um, this 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 man, his latest tweet says, "And whoever I still owe product or merch, hit my DM. If you local, pull up to my what shop." What does he do, bro? Does he own t-shirts? I have no idea. He, I, I have no idea. I have no idea. This man needs to be stopped. He needs to be. <clears throat> Locked up for some time, okay? Because uh, I don't like this man. No, <laughs> no one no. likes this man. This man really uh, took advantage of this woman and her money, 
and I'm I'm telling you, she, I'm glad she had a brain on her mm-hmm. because he could have, he really could have taken full advantage yeah. of her. Yeah, this ain't no tender swindler stuff because them white women had no brain. They were just <laughs> desperate. They were they were desperate. They were just desperate. Damn. Moving on. Moving on. Um, the Super Bowl happened. That was guys. lit. Uh, the yes. Rams uh, edged out the uh, Bengals in a really what was apparently a very close game. It's a tight game, yeah. It was a tight game. I was rooting for the Bengals. Twenty-three to twenty. Yeah. Um, but Bowl, uh, they, they made they it happen. The Bengals. Those. Those are the ones that they have that new quarterback, that like Jack Harlow type quarterback. Joe Burrow. Yeah. 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 He'll the, be the back. New white boy. Back. Everyone is uh, now the white boy that everyone is loving, like my mother's friend. So shouts out to uh, Marie and Maggie for having me over at their house. Uh, so there, Marie is this uh, fantastic, lovely uh, reverend that was a friend mm-hmm. of my mom's. They met in law school, and she's very progressive and super smart. And she was bothered. She was really bothered by the the Rams wide receiver Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. Is a, is a wide receiver, like I just said. And <clears throat> wide receivers is a usually a black uh, position. Mm-hmm. And whenever a white boy ends up in that position and is kind of nice, niggas is tripping over their, over their shoelaces on how nice he is. <laughs> and so <laughs> this white woman hates this boy. <laughs> yeah. So Joe Burrows is not the one I wouldn't say is the one that we gotta like worry about him being, you know. Actually, he is Jack Harlow because we all we love Jack Harlow. Cooper Cup is Jake Paul. I see. Got it. Cooper Cup is Jake Paul. But the real reason that we bring up the Super Bowl is because of that halftime show, huh? How about uh, yes. that? What did you that guys think was... about it? Did you feel like it, it like it matched the expectation that you had, or no? How did you feel? Hmm. Not really. Yeah, right. I remember. I like everybody crip walking. Yo, I thought I personally I mean, would have, but no, I understand why they wouldn't do it to like show like gang affiliation and gang colors. But Snoop Dogg was out there in a full blue bandana. My man was wearing sweatsuit. a bandana. <laughs> so, and they had all the guys in the khakis. But I thought my man it looked like the lit. like the handkerchief at the end of a stick you put when you're tr- when you're leaving town and you have <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep. like a whole bowl. <laughs> Nah, but like I, I personally would. I ain't gonna lie to you. It sounds horrific, but yo, if they would have put dudes in red and blue dancing together, I think that would have been cool. Dancing together in red yeah. and blue, I think, could have been unifying. You know, yeah. it's yeah. it's a it would be a solid statement, and you know, everyone's performances were solid. I knew the songs they were gonna play. Mm-hmm. Like it was very predictable, so. Yeah, you know, but we ain't getting new you, music from Kendrick, which is all that we. You care know who about. I'm surprised uh, didn't perform is uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson opening <laughs> up this ceremony. I'm here at the- <laughs> bro. Actually, you talking about the pants he was wearing? Yo, bro. Someone on Twitter said he had the snatched waist to the gods. <laughs> steroids, sweetheart. Steroids. He is literally built like Johnny Bravo. There is like I was just why about Johnny Bravo. <laughs> why does he look this way? And listen, it's not like the clothes are bad. Great colors, great colors for him. Like whoever his stylist was, just kind of missed the. I, there's I'd this wear weird, it. I'd wear it. It's a great fit, but there's a weird gap in I the in the crotch too. area that I feel like his, his because his thighs are so ridiculous. 
like it pulls yes. everything taut and there's no you know when like you sit down and your pants bunch up yeah oh, you know, yeah that's it looks like, like a board yeah <laughs> it looks like you just put pants <laughs> on top of a plank everybody at the super bowl though was lit like jay-z jay-z rocking a, a blue rag around his neck i'm like what you doing was jay there hope was there yeah so jay-z was and there, Nation, uh are the ones who book and do all the super bowl performances now oh. now so i think the first one he did was j-lo and shakira that was okay. two years ago mm. okay Okay. Okay. Makes okay. Sense. Yeah, I think for uh, me the thing with the show, the halftime was like, you know, you realize that because they have assembled like the the Avengers, right? Like, not everybody is going to be able to do that much. So Kendrick, he had a medley of like two songs, two three songs. Mad um, City and All Right, that was hilarious. But it was enough. Yeah, I mean, it was it, enough. Yeah, it was it was great. And you know, he's out there doing his. You know how he like he'd be walking sometimes, like he got a poop. He walking his like staccato. <laughs> <laughs> Like his legs mad wide, like he's trying to find the nearest bathroom. Um, but but he was cool. He did. He kind of you know, and he did like that the Black Panther type regalia that like almost, yeah. It almost reminds of like Beyonce's halftime performance a few years back mm-hmm. um, that she did opposite of Bruno. Uh, speaking of Bruno, Anderson Pack was there On the drumming. Drum. Yes, for for, uh, for Eminem. Um, he was cheesing like a mug. Eminem, by the way, wearing the same outfit since 2017. <laughs> Has not changed. 2009, not- Justin. <laughs> He's been wearing the same like army hat, the hoodie, the Jordans. I'm just thinking specifically uniform. of like that freestyle he did uh, uh, for during About the Trump, Trump era. Yeah. Oh my god, that was. Oh funny. my god. Yeah. And he took yeah, a knee, was- which I was like, okay. I didn't even realize that that was what that was supposed to mean. I thought he was just like they were like, okay, and when M, M when you're done, you can just stand. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kneel. Like I <laughs> him being like, no, M, you can just like stand up and dance with us. No, I'm gonna kneel. I didn't realize. No, I'm tired. I'm a, tired. Yeah, I'm tired. I didn't realize he was making a political <laughs> statement. Um, but good for him. Yeah, I also thought that the set was like it was impressive, but it was like smaller than it. It felt really like tiny in a way. And then when they did those top down shots, that was really cool. Like the Compton map. On, yeah. the, mm. on the ground like that was cool but it didn't feel grand in the same way that like prince's did and you know it's prince. Even like katie perry i know but i'm 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 not saying the performance katie I mean, was like, wild, the little, that was crazy she was on a horse. i mean like the the yeah and lenny kravitz came out and there was fire i just mean the like the the actual stage you mm. know i feel like they didn't take full advantage of the stadium but you know maybe they you know i don't know why um I would say that yeah, the 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 stage was a little bit narrow, because yes. um, they only had like a yeah a limited amount of space in order to do a lot of stuff, and they could have. And I guess that you know they wanted to um, symbolize or try to paint the picture of how Compton looks, like with the barbershop yeah. and yeah. all types of other <clears throat> stores that that are around uh, the city of Compton, and and so you know pay pay homage to 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 those but then you know all of a sudden the person who was hanging um like a fucking bat was mr um 50 cent uh curtis jackson <laughs> mr curtis jackson like with milk dud with that damn bulletproof vest <laughs> no one's going to shoot you 
It is past that Curtis, time, sir. It's the Super Bowl. They, <laughs> they checked that stuff at the door. Yo, you could have just performed in a suit, and I would have been okay with that. Twitter, they said that he a dollar now because he got so big. <laughs> he doubled in size. He doubled in size. Nah, that bulletproof vest did did look a little snug. I ain't gonna lie. Biggest shit. Yeah, he was just. Yeah, it was it was a little tight. Go 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 go. Oh, okay, sir. All right, all right. I mean, granted, I was like, oh shoot, that's fifty. But yeah, because was he like, wasn't advertised, right? Like, nah, he just came yeah. on. It was just rumors. Oh, okay, it was. I think it was some rumors about it. Yeah, an interesting surprise. It's just funny. I saw this tweet. I didn't think to save it, but it said something to the effect of like, um, uh, you know, actually, let me see if I can find it because um, I know I liked it. Uh, mm. Please hold. No, but uh, with with Mary J. Blige as well. Well, the aunties was she outside. was cool. The aunties was standing up. Yeah. <laughs> Mary did it, you know. You know, she a little thickums, thickums, and then you know she let out that that the nice little holla yeah. at the end, and then she dropped like Andy was home. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I thought I was gonna see a marker on her boot. <laughs> yeah, this guy uh, uh, Roger Sherman on Twitter said uh, everybody born between '85 and '95 yep. saw the halftime show lineup and was like, "Sweet!" Instead of doing a show for old people like the Rolling Stones or Paul McCartney. They did one for us young people. And then 10 seconds later, it hit us. <laughs> we have the become old the old now. people. But we not 95. Then, well, not we, not we. But then someone quote tweeted it and said, uh, the Super Bowl with future Lil Pump, Lil Baby, and Dirk going to be wild. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I thought would be dead uh, by then. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking lean over those. I do not want that do at all. Do you think Drake is ever going to do a halftime show? That would be great. It, it's, it might Listen, happen. I feel like it's it, bound Prince to happen. It. Yeah, it's all, it almost is like a rite of passage. If, you, if you're if you a musician as popular as that, like to do it at some point, you know? You know, like um, we got like a bunch. I think we got like a bunch with this one. But now that you said Drake, I'm down for that. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm going to throw it out there. Rihanna's never going to do it. Um she said, no, she's gonna be too busy with the baby. Yeah. Her will she, eventually do it. Nah, her's not gonna do it. I could see. I could see. No, I think if Prince did ethically, it, I think no. I think homie, ethically now, homie. I think ethically mm. now, her's not gonna do it. There, we did not have the same controversy we did with the NFL when Prince did it. Prince did it like ten years ago in like oh yeah, seven, yeah. so fourteen years ago, and. The, the whole political landscape when it comes to the NFL is completely different than the way it is now. That's true. You know, so her... Ja Rule will perform at the Super Bowl. <laughs> Where is Ja? Where is Ja? Somebody tell me what Ja Rule thinks. <laughs> it's make sense nothing, if, if anything fails, Ja Rule will step in. Ja Rule, Fat <laughs> Joe. Ja Rule, Fat Joe, and Ashanti next Super Bowl. Yo, honestly, the way the, the, the way that you know, obviously, culture has been has been trending back toward the retro. We probably will be doing stuff like that, you know, with all the verses and whatnot, like Isley Brothers playing the halftime show. Oh my, bro, I would great. watch that front to back. Just out, you would just see them just stand in one spot, just <laughs> the whole time. Just we'll go to the sure they got fans. Just, you say, Justin would go to the game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'd be right there in the front row. He'd be like, um, 
Uh, well, we will we'll take uh, we're gonna slice up our format a little differently because uh, we have a, our guest waiting in the wings. Oh uh, yeah. So we're we gonna do. take our break now and let in our our homie, and I'm very excited to have her on and talk uh, and get into our black love conversation. So uh, black All right, folks, welcome back from the break. Like we said up top, uh, we are going to be discussing a topic that's near and dear, I think, to all of our hearts and lives, black love. And uh, we brought uh, someone who I think is specially equipped to help us tackle this issue. You've heard her voice before, a friend of the show, um, dear heart, Grace Dua. Uh, Welcome back, Grace. Hello. Hi, everyone. Hi. It's me. I'm back. Yes. <laughs> I don't, you, can, you can feel free to uh, to uh, introduce yourself with some AKAs, you know. Okay, you okay. Um, um, hi, I'm Grace, AKA Gossip Goon, AKA HBO Maxing Out, mm. AKA Ooh. I Have a New Job. Yes. Hey! <laughs> Period. Period. And um, yes, before we start uh, officially, of course, my congratulations, which I've already offered to you, but for all of our congratulations on landing the role that you have on HBO Max's Gossip Girl reboot, um, in which you are fantastic, by the way. Thank you. Um, And yeah, y'all should watch that show uh, for Grace, because she's in it. Um, So uh, happy you're here, Grace. What we are talking about today kind of occurred to me very last minute in the process, as it happens. Sometimes it happens with this show. You know, we're free-flowing. Jude sent to a group chat that we have uh, an Instagram post from Nazanin and Miguel announcing that they had reunited and are in fact married now, as I understand it. Um, were they always married time. and didn't get divorced? They, they've they been married, married for a while. Were they? Yeah, I thought they were just all like together, like no, because like married. that's like his like OG girl. Like they've right. been married, so they dated for the longest time, and then he finally put a ring on it, and so people are like, "Oh, she waited and she got the ring," and then they separated and people were like right. damn maybe you shouldn't have waited this long and now they're, now they're back together now they're yeah back they together. were married yeah. yeah well well that kind of compiled um you know we, we've been seeing a lot of you know obviously rocky and rihanna kicked the month off with the pregnancy announcement we've been seeing a lot of paparazzi footage of chloe and gunna and there's just been a lot oh. of you know oh please which is we're not even gonna listen Let's just let it. I'm, I'm leaving Chloe <laughs> Bailey alone. That was a music video. I'm gonna leave April O'Neil and then Ninja Turtle on no, alone. <laughs> I have no. a comment. Okay. You look happy, video. Chloe, and that's all that matters. The point is that um, <laughs> that this all coincided with me seeing a video on on my YouTube feed by um, a fellow named FD Signifier. Uh, mm-hmm. who does culture commentary. Cool dude. I, I came across him first sometime last summer, and I kind of kept tabs on him because I thought he had an interesting model. He basically does, like, black media criticism, but um, he, I saw this, you know, this thumbnail, and YouTube is the eyeball game, and it said, uh, black love is dead. So I was like, hmm. And I clicked into it, and I wondered what, what it was about. And as soon as I started it, I was like, oh, this is something I'm going to have to devote time to. But I wasn't thinking about it as a topic, a potential topic for HVO until... Jude sent the Nazanin thing, and I was like, well, maybe there's something to tap into here. It is the end of Valentine's week. It is almost the end of Black History Month. And, mm-hmm. you know, this is, um, this is a sensitive topic for a lot of people. So, disclaimer, because there have been a lot of 
uh, men and women getting behind microphones and pretending like they know what they're talking about when it comes to relationships. We are not providing advice. I know advice. what I'm talking about. <laughs> Listen to me. <laughs> we are not providing advice. Yeah. What we are doing is reacting yeah. to um, a perspective and yes. offering our own perspectives based on as much of our personal experiences as we'd like to divulge or not. Um, mm-hmm. And so just, you know, take everything here with a grain of salt and also, of course, check out the original video. Um, Shouts out to FD. So basically the thesis of this video is that black love, capital B, capital L, trademark signal next to it, um, has become this sort of commodified ideal without substance and that it's pushed by social media and these dating guru types as this sort of static list of aesthetic and financial and intrapersonal goals, Mm -hmm. which are actually, in his opinion, based in white supremacy um, and that don't allow a lot of room for flexibility um, for the people that does that it's not a framework that serves us or even white people, but definitely that doesn't serve black people. Um, And we can talk more about that. I guess the way that I kind of want to structure this is I have like a few questions that I think I could, we could use to guide the conversation and y'all, you know, could um, Mm -hmm. spring off of them. The first one I have, and y'all can take this and also use it to talk about like your reactions to the video. But my first question is pretty simple. Like, uh, and we'll start with Grace as our guest. What was your, <laughs> your, yeah, get ready. <laughs> what was your earliest encounter with the term black love? Like those words. And did you feel like it applied to any examples that you'd seen in your life? So it's a compound um, question. Okay. Earliest, it would have to be college. Because mm-hmm. nobody talked about, like, black love, like, as, like, a concept. Especially because my family's from Ghana, but I grew up in Virginia. And Virginians are not out here, like, black love. Right. No. Especially <laughs> now where I grew up in Virginia. So, like, that concept definitely was something in college. I remember just being like, nobody will shut up about this. Like, I, I aspire to have black love, but, like... This is like a branding thing now. Mm -hmm. Like people talked about it. Like they talk about Coco Chanel. Like I'm trying (laughs) to get some black love next week. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Um, But then, I mean, what's interesting. And the guy kind of, he was like, oh, he was talking about this one lady. He was like, oh, you're one of the first women who's grown up a lot of, around a lot of married women. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's culturally, but I knew two divorced women, black women my whole life Mm -hmm. until I came to college. Like, and even the one, one of them, she may be a widow, she may be divorced. Ghanaians don't talk about it either way, so I don't really know. But that was it. Like, there was, regardless if we had a really healthy relationship or, or not a healthy relationship, being single, dumb, wasn't really something that I saw that often mm-hmm. around older couples younger couples like I remember I, I had like older cousins and stuff who were going through the ringer but like like my parents were college sweethearts they've been together 33 years or something like that so like for me I had a very like thank you shout out to Leticia <laughs> I had a very like like standard like I'm gonna I have to get my degree then I get good job then find good men under God keep good man till I die like that was like mm-hmm. that was like my understanding and i don't know if i associated it with blackness but mm-hmm. i also think up until college my view of blackness was different because like 
a lot of the things that I aspired or, or like liked in a relationship or were trained to follow were very Ghanaian specific. Mm. So a lot of my view of, of like love and like how to take care of a partner were very Ghanaian specific. Like, yes, there's a major patriarchy in play in Black Love and the video talks about it. But like in Ghana, like I remember being like eight and my mom just spending like 45 minutes to train me on how to set a plate properly like set mm. your serve your husband's food in a specific way you have to cover oh, the fufu like this you have to put the cup here and now that i'm 24 and i go home if i don't set up my dad's food like that leticia will say something yeah. from the other side of the house even if my dad doesn't care she will say something so i think a lot of my views of love i didn't necessarily show she knew blackness but i did Sorry, my sister tried to face at me, but I did associate it with, <laughs> but I did associate it with like, I don't know, Ghanaian culture and like, mm. if I don't do these certain things, I won't be wanted. Mm. I, what's interesting is black love, as we know it, is a lot of like, uh, I, I guess it's like this, like two successful black people and they're the image of perfection or whatever. Right. But growing up, a happy relationship to me was so deeply rooted in patriarchy. It was literally just like, if I wanted to be a successful wife one day, I had to be master chef. I had to be Mr. Clean. I had to mow the lawn. I had to mm -hmm. be the seamstress. I had to do all those things. And then I also had to have all my degrees and I also had to be the best. Like, it was like, that, like yeah, it, there was no, and there was no equal no parts. No wiggle room. There's no wiggle room now. <laughs> like, literally now, the conversations my mother has with me about love and finding a partner, it's very, like, millionaire matchmaker. Like, she has what offered to matchmake me. Don't mind me asking. Oh, he don't care. And that's also what is I find very interesting <laughs> is a lot of the notions came from women. Mm. Ghanaian women in my, in my childhood. All that, like... I also think I was kind of lucky that my dad got his master's in Germany. So he spent a long, like, time, he spent eight years in Germany. So he has this, like, overall worldview that is not normal yeah. of a Ghanaian father to the point where, like, my other Ghanaian friends would be like, your dad is, like, the different elder. Like, he's the one that we can talk to. He's the one who's, like, normal. And so literally my mother re thinking of a recent conversation I had with my mother where she was like you spend too much time with women and you're 24 and you only have three good years left so damn mom <laughs> whoa she was like you have three, three good years left and with the irony Letitia got married at 30 after she mm. got her degree and a job mm. but okay <laughs> so she was like you only have three good years left and I literally just went to my dad and my dad was like don't worry about it like, yeah. and like he was like, you're doing great. Because the conversation started because she was like, I'm worried that like you're not spending enough time on your love life and you're not spending yeah. enough time with kind of husband and you only care about a job. And I was like, Leticia, can we do you want to digest the job I just got? <laughs> like, mama, <Yeah. laughs> I didn't just get big. a job. I got the job. What you mean? But like, <laughs> it was a problem for her because she was like, for her. She was like, I don't think you're aspiring. Her idea of black love is servitude completely. Mm -hmm. It's not just like patriarchy. It's servitude. Mm -hmm. It's doing things for people. And so when she see, she's like very proud of her daughters 
both of us are very successful six-figure girls now, but neither of us, we can, but we're, we don't live servitude first. Mm-hmm. And so that stresses her out because she's like, what do you mean? Like your aspiration is not to serve another man. Yeah. But the irony is that my dad, he was not, he doesn't view it that way. He, he's like, I married you for your education. I married you for your brain. I married you for this. And I, it's, it's interesting to see her not be able to process that. She still processes it as, he loves me because I cook dinner. He loves mm-hmm. me because I clean the house. He loves me because I do all this stuff. She cannot let it go. 33 years in, she cannot let it go. Doesn't matter what he says, yeah. doesn't matter what he does, she can't let it go because that's how she was trained. And so like sometimes I find myself do even when I don't want to when I start talking to a guy I'm very much like that in the beginning and I have to rein myself in and be like oh I have more to offer than like cooking this man dinner like what the hell but I, <laughs> sometimes like I sometimes it's really hard to let that go although and I, although yeah. let the record reflect that Grace is a great cook um I have had I started at a very food. young age <laughs> and, uh, she knows what she's doing so college you would say was the earliest you encountered it and I would say the same I think um, and then, you, and then you think your preeminent example has been your parents, even though there's, yeah, there's levels to that, there's layers to that. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. What about uh, what about you, Ahmad? When would you say you first encountered the idea, the term "black love," and did you feel like you had a personal example? Uh, it was definitely through college. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I didn't really have a certain example in the beginning because I, my mom just, you know, took care of my brother and my older brother and I mm-hmm. uh, by herself. And so for quite a, for quite a while, um, for a kid growing up, you know, just in Harlem, you don't really see much of that. You don't mm-hmm. see uh, black married couples and you don't really know like, what that term black love is all about. And, mm-hmm. you know, you and I going to LaGuardia you wouldn't see a lot of black relationships happen because uh, nobody wasn't going to anybody. <laughs> uh, but um, I, I wasn't really, uh, I, I wasn't, I wasn't like thinking about black love like that. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, it wasn't on the forefront of my mind because of how I was moving um, in, in college. And yes, yes, I would say, shut up. Um, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> so, um, I think it was it was when I got into a relationship at the age of twenty, mm. and not I wasn't it, it wasn't like uh, I wasn't even shouting black love like that. Yeah, I wasn't. I I I I really I really wasn't. And I didn't really have a lot of examples as a child. The only example that I did have at that time was my mentor and his wife at that time. Um, but that fell short. Mm. And so after that, it took, it took a minute. It took a minute to yeah. try to see that or try to, um, 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 try to use someone else's relationship as yeah. motivation. Uh, a celebrity's relationship, a celebrity's marriage that I would say was uh, Courtney B. Vance and Angela Bassett. Bassett. Yeah, yeah, they they had like a whole book. Um, they had it was an interview on Oprah about their about their love life, mm-hmm. and um, I was like, oh okay, like I, I see that. And I remember meeting them both in person. Um, and I was You're like, oh, that? 
I, this was at my church, but this was like this dropping. This down. was like, like yeah, Angela Bassett comes to your church. This was like twelve years ago. This is niggas, and you just tell us. <laughs> I feel like I told this before. You have not. I don't, I don't, I don't remember. It is the Abyssinian Baptist Church. Okay, I'll it's just, a bougie just church. Just I mean, I it's Angela Bassett, so I didn't no. think it would be anything Cicely less. Tyson, Cicely Tyson was a, a member at, at our church. That I do remember you and, told me. And they had a, the, the, the viewing was at our church. The viewing? For her, yeah, when, when Cicely passed. Oh, shit. Yeah. I thought she was still alive. Um, <laughs> Jude, where did you go? Jude. Jude. Let's Jude, pause. Jude, baby, bring it back. Bring it back. Reverse, reverse. Reverse, reverse. I was the only one thing. Yeah. I did not have a lot of examples because every time when there was always like a marriage, like a marriage, you know, with two black people, there was always problems happening that I would find out about. And I'm yeah. like, damn, I guess nobody's happy. Mm. <laughs> nobody's happy in this marriage. Mm. And there's no perfect example for like a real black couple that I see every day in the street. Yeah. I just don't see it. I literally don't see it. And we'll, um, yeah, we'll definitely get into that because that came up in the video as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that's real though, man. Uh, you know, not, not, and I think that's part of FD's point. Um, and then we'll jump to you, Jude. But like that, in the same way that Valentine's Day has become a very commercial thing, black love has become a very sort of commercial thing. Like Grace said, it's like, yeah, I'm going to get some black love. <laughs> I need me some black love this year. Like, like it's a perfume, you know? It's so um, weird. When, when that's not the case. Uh, Jude, what would you say when you first heard that term and whether or not you've had any examples? Same time as y'all, high school, yeah. college. and College is when, I mean, at least for me, that's when I even became, like the end of high school, beginning of college is when I started to think of myself as a black person. Like, in terms of, like... I see what you're saying. Understanding that, like, me being a black man meant something. Yeah. And that I couldn't... That, like, there wasn't... A, there wasn't a colorblind, like, way to live, you know? And especially yeah. when you're going through acting school... I'm sorry to cut you off at the no, past. But, but just... Especially when you're going to acting school, that's something they try to instill, like, you know... Or at least that they tried to back then. Maybe the, the curriculum has changed. Mm -hmm. But they were like, yeah, you know, like... It's your talent that should get you the role. And, like... Yeah. While that is ideally true, um, if you're working in film, especially it's a visual medium, theater, like these things where people see you, what they see is going to inform how they react. And you have to think about that when you cast. So like, but I remember specifically, even outside of acting, it was when Philando Castile and Alton Sterling were both executed um, within like 24 hours of each other in 2016. Mm. That was when yeah. I went on my first protest ever. Um, and we, you know, we were like marching, you know, we, like all down the side of Manhattan and back up and we went to Times Square and everything. And that was kind of the beginning of me becoming like aware that there's a potential danger to looking the way I look, depending on how I interact with certain people and depending on where I'm at. And then shortly thereafter is where I started to hear, you know, these ideas of black love. So, yeah, I think just to say, Jude, it makes sense that you would have heard it mm -hmm. in college. Yeah. Yeah, but um, to to piggyback off off of what you just said, I've I feel like I've been aware of being a black person mm -hmm. and how that can affect me out in the world when I was like seven or eight, mm. like in elementary school, because I went to a hip, I, it's literally called the hippie school. 
PS3, and it's basically LaGuardia, but like not as sexy. Like it's it's like baby LaGuardia, I would say maybe mm. because we we had a bunch. Of, we had a kiln. You know what a kiln is? You make clay. Yeah. And then you turn it into glass, like an actual like <laughs> fucking yeah. like pinch pot. You could actually make shit in there. We had a kiln in our fucking yeah. school. Hey, I, had, so, I had that in my elementary school. Right? <laughs> you know, it's crazy. So, and I'm in there, and I remember it was like the first time I knew what Black History Month was. Mm-hmm. And I had to do a historical figure, but not a sports figure. And I'm, I'm eight. Mm-hmm. And there was a Malcolm X poster on my wall. And I was like, Mom, who's that? And my mom was like, that's Malcolm X. Daddy liked him a lot. And, you know, it's like two years after my dad passed. I miss mm-hmm. my dad a lot, so I do Malcolm X. And then I tell you the story. Grace is the first time you're going to hear this. I write a book report about Malcolm X, and I open it with, back in the past, white people called us niggas. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. <laughs> you know, and from then on... Yeah, from then on, I was black as shit. It was ridiculous. Anyways, with with my interpretations and my understanding of black love, um, I heard about it around, like, high school, college. I didn't really think of it much of it because, you know, my mother's white, my dad was Mm -hmm. black, and I was just came up like, yo, I'm going to end up who I end up with when Mm -hmm. it comes to race. Like, it's just going to happen this way like mm-hmm. and but i had examples though of i'm very fortunate i had examples of a lot of different uh ways of loving mm. but the ideas of black love is mr and mrs davis uh my neighbors mm. uh my sister and brother-in-law who have two beautiful children and my next door neighbors, uh, one of them has passed on, but him and his wife, uh, oh my God, and they're like in their 90s, so mm. the, um, the wife passed away. Uh, he's still kicking, he's still fucking kicking, <laughs> and they were together, I had to say, for like 50, 60 years, because yeah. like, oh my God. They was they were night in their nineties nineties yo so I got to see a lot of love in a lot of different ways and yeah I'm very fortunate that way I think I think for me most of the examples that I saw of, of black couples I think I'm almost like I'm kind of like uh, on the other hand from Ahmad where like I I got to see a lot of and I have got, I have known a lot of long lasting black couples and most of them are through my church. Um, because my church is full of like, um, you know, by now middle-aged couples that have been together, you know, like my, my parents were part of like a, a marriage series from like 95 to like 99. There was like, it was like year after year, a different couple was getting married and they were in that chain. Uh, and my godparents got married the year after them. Um, and so like, I've grown up with that around me and I remember very early on and there's a lot that goes into this, but like, I remember early on talking to classmates in elementary school and them being astonished that like I had parents that were together. Were these white kids? Most, the majority of them, but, but not all of them. Yeah. I mean like, and, and it, it was just, you know, um, even some of the other black kids didn't have parents who were together, you know, they had, you know, like a mod situation, a single mom or whatever. So it's the norm. 
Yeah, and they were like the fact that you like have parents that are that are married and live together, and you see both of them day to day is crazy, you know, because they're bouncing between the east side and the west side visiting their mom and their dad, you know, whatever. And yep. so, I kind of like I had to realize that that wasn't something you could take for granted, you know, that yeah. your mm-hmm. that your parents would be in a in a committed relationship and that they would be actively trying to make it work. And I think. Um, you know, that kind of lends itself to one of the things they talk about in this in this video is like our baseline could be people that got together and stayed together out of necessity, but that mm-hmm. that there's not a lot of love there. And I've been fortunate to be surrounded by examples where there is a lot of love, but there are yeah. definitely situations where it's like, you know, that whole it's cheaper to keep her type of mentality right where people well, not got just cheaper to keep her but like necessity of pressure like, of course you yeah. should get married to this person yeah because you know my parents say so my community says so and yeah you yeah. just do it for you know your own sake yeah you know, without having to face you know your your own happiness i was gonna say there's like generational like divides and how in terms of how, how they view like relationships like not lasting mm-hmm. like because like as soon as jude said it i thought about it i was like oh wait up until college my only experience of black couples were Ghanaian. Mm-hmm. like i have mm. i don't know if i have any real memories of like black couples that weren't Ghanaian because also the only boys growing up that dated black girls were Ghanaian. Mm. american black guys where i grew up did not date black girls in fact Right. Was that their own preface? Like, I ain't no fucking no black chick. Um, <laughs> yes. It was like a thing that I heard often. Like, I would have, and like, they're not my guy friends now, so don't need to feel bad. But I would have guy friends literally say, like, it's like, Grace, you'd be so much like, like, you'd be so dateable if you weren't as dark as you were. Okay? Oh my God. Yeah. Like, I, like, I had, I th- I'm realizing it because I was like, all my associations of black love prior to college are like, attached to Ghanaians. And mm-hmm. I was like, why? And I was like, oh, right, because Ghanaian boys are the only ones who I were wanted ta- to ask that. Yeah. I wanted, I wanted to ask that of you. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I wanted to ask that of you, but I didn't want to, like, offend you in any oh, way. Oh, no, the African-American that's... way of, yeah. of yeah. and Ghanaian, because it's all, of course, very different. And... Yeah, no, it's, it's not, like, I've accepted, colorism plays into my life to this day. So, like, I'm, I'm, I prefer to talk about it than pretend it doesn't exist. But mm. I think as a dark-skinned black girl, Growing up, colorism really, it set up a lot of roots of poison that are still in my life now. And one of them was like, truly, I cannot think of any black dude growing up that I knew who dated black girls who were darker than a paper bag Mm. or talked about it. The only ones I knew who did that were African. Nigerian, crazy. Wow. <laughs> like Ghanaian, like they and they were loud and like I had a lot of male friends in high school because they would always be like, like, oh, we're not trying to date you, so it's cool to have you around. Nah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Ugh, right. homies. Mm-hmm. And I remember all me and my dark skinned girlfriends senior year would like gather, like, so what are we gonna do for prom? Because also I went to a school, I went to a high school that didn't have a lot of Ghanaians. And so all my friends who went to high schools that had Ghanaians, like, they had boyfriends growing up. They had, like, prom dates. They had dates. They had yeah. things like that. 
I didn't have that because the boys were not like the white boys were just weren't, but the black boys wanted you to know. <laughs> that was the thing. It's like you don't gotta tell me, right. but like the black guys wanted Went you out to of their know way that, to be like, like you specifically are not. <laughs> they would do rankings, like they would yeah. literally rank my yeah. friends in front of me, and they'd be like, "Well, I can tell you because, bro, Jude, this, <laughs> but this is, I mean, you're, and you're making a shocked face, and it is shocking, but at the same time, like niggas are still doing this. These you, these are the yeah. YouTube videos you see where they go down the boardwalk and they talk to to groups of yeah. black friends and they're like you know what would you rate yourself on a one to ten and then a girl says ten they're like oh, i don't know about that i mean you you kind of too dark for, for a ten yeah, you're like yeah. you kind of a two yeah yeah and that's exactly and also what was weird is then when i got to college and there were black men especially african-american black men who were interested in me i always thought they were capping because mm. i was like you clearly are lying <laughs> My experience wow. is that you're lying. Right. And then also, then too, what was weird is that was when I also started experiencing being fetishized for the first time. That mm. never happened to me. So then the pendulum swung the other way, the other way entirely. And the other way was crazy too. Yeah. So I was like, damn, like, no Can I find middle? Can I find middle? I'm not having a good time. Like, this is <laughs> Can not I just like be right here in the middle? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, for real. I think that's why for me, like, black love is so harshly associated with Ghanaians, because until recently, yeah. I did not even I'm, I did not know the, a world where black men were attracted to women that look like me to have mm -hmm. the love in the first place. Mm -hmm. I only I literally can only think of one family, like one African American family, who was not Ghanaian, who's who were dark, that dark and, and like that existed. Because yeah. colorism colorism is huge. What I found is colorism is huge in the north too, but like yeah. colorism in yeah, we Virginia. Colorism in the north, they try to hide it. So I think it's more dangerous because, like, you don't know that you're in yeah. it. But in yeah. the south, we know, baby. <laughs> like, yeah. We yeah. know it's very much like the way you bone. must look like this. Yes, <laughs> it is very, it's very interesting. And Ghanaians don't work that way at all. Even with like skin bleaching or whatever, as my dad said, everybody's black. Everyone's black. So what are you gonna do? You're gonna <laughs> find the white one white person in the village? If there's a yeah. white person in the village, everyone's white. Okay, like next. the one albino nigga in the village. Like, right, yeah. it's like <laughs> and that's the thing, right? Is it's it? You know, I, because of how Black Americans have been, you know, obviously disassociated from our heritage in Africa. Mm. We and and thrown into this this quote unquote melting pot or salad bowl or whichever analogy you want to use. Both of them are weird. Cesspool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> for what America is with all these different ethnicities and cultures. It's like, yeah, it, we, you know, black people, I think that's why even the term black love is so weird to, to try to codify because we, we've had to create our own culture right while we're here. And we have done that. And it's, it's most of what American culture is. It's the music. It's the, it's the dance. It's the, whatever we've talked about that. But like when, when you're coming from Ghana, these are, these are traditions that are rooted in centuries. They have a continuity to them. You know what I mean? There's a there's a way that these they, that these things have been done forever, and at that and you have that to either fall back on or buck against. Here in America, it's it, black people don't really have that in the same way, unless you are up in an immigrant family, and then you're bringing that over from the place that you were. Yeah. But yeah. but you know, for someone like me, like my family, we don't really have that connection. So there's no like necessarily expected standard of who I'm supposed to um, pursue racially, but there is still, I guess, that unspoken thing of like, 
that we all know of like you know <laughs> activating the coonship right like if you if you date a white person or whatever right the, <laughs> there's too much there's too much brainwashing going on you know um but i think that's part of like what led to the entire some of the entitlement and the and the and the bullying of, of young black men when they meet african women is like they they we see our we see ourselves as having grown up in i guess a land of variety so like and because we're internalized with all of this colorism we yeah. think that to date someone or to be involved with someone who is african and therefore blacker than we are uh is like a fault you know what i mean like that's kind of what we're taught subliminally um yeah. and uh and it affects our our relationships with with people who you know are really our cousins <laughs> and real quick like you don't see this with anybody else. You have yeah. not seen. I have not seen one damn post about no goddamn Chinese love or anything. Mm. Yeah, like yeah. it's specifically black folks yeah. that are but I also getting think this extra attention. I feel like that's tied to because I watch so many K dramas and inherently like Eastern love, like the way they treat their women is inherently different mm -hmm. than how. Black men and black women talk about each other. There's more conflict mm. in how black men and black women talk about each other. Yeah. That no. you don't really find that in other places where there's like this deep rooted conflict. So I feel like black love has come out as a, like a, wow, you were able to beat the conflict of black men and black women yeah. that yeah. beat each other and find tone. love. Yeah. But there's still the undertone of patriarchy that still commands yeah. the entire relationship, which is, yes. I think, the the common denominator of the the entire problem. Right, right, and and there. So you know, um, to to get to some of these other these other questions I have for y'all on these points, um, FD talks about this. He brings up this word that I'd never heard. I learned a new word today: hypergamy, which is the action of marrying or forming a sexual relationship with a person of a superior sociological or educational background. So basically marrying outside of your your class. Now this yeah. comes up, or like your station, this comes up a lot in black relationships, specifically yeah, because, thing. yeah, and, and, and it's more than that, right? Because as he says in the video, like black women, first of all, as we know, black women are the, are the most highly educated uh, demographic in the United States, the people who tend to pursue and stay in education for the longest and get the, 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 the furthest degrees. And there's a lot of reasons that, like, you know, black men can't always achieve that same access, criminalization, et cetera, et cetera. But there's frequently this undertone of, like, black women, a fear that, like, they have to settle because they're at, because, like, they're at a level that, like, a lot of black men, just by the, by the way that things are, are not going to be able to reach or not going to already be at, um, you know. So it's like, I'm going to, if I want to marry, if I want to have a relationship with another black person then that might require me sacrificing some of the things that I want in an ideal partner, which yeah. is why I guess that leads to my next question. Like, and y'all can think either in terms of your current relationships as you have them, or like just in a, in a, in a bubble, like when you think about how you want to love and be loved, like what is, what does that look like for you? That ideal Man. relationship? Nigga, damn, were you my therapist? <laughs> my therapist asked like, this question today nigga damn <laughs> I was like this is heavy um, that's a it lot to unpack here that's, that's, 
I'm that charging. I'm actually charging. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it's, it is heavy, but I, I guess I ask because like, you know, so the video, it, it, it interviews a whole bunch of different uh, people, you know, different couples. You have, you have yeah. uh, heterosexual black couples, heterosexual interracial couples with like one black person in them. At least you have polyamorous couples, you have yeah. um, married and not married. You have, you know, yeah. what I mean? so like he tries to, to sample as, as big a range as he can to give different perspectives on this topic. And he does talk about like Will and Jada and how um, there's a certain um, aspect of development that like when you, when you decide, if you decide to be in a long-term relationship with someone, you are also signing on to, to love them under the condition that they may not be exactly the same person as they were when you met them. Right. Yeah. And, you know, he says in the, in, you know, he phrases it kind of, I mean, it's sort of dark, but it's beautiful in a way. He's like, we, you know, love is not safe. This person, yeah. they sleep in your bed, you share money with yes. them. They are uniquely mm. positioned to hurt you and you have to be okay yeah. with that. And I can't um, Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's like, I guess that's, uh, you know, that's kind of the root of the question. Like, you know, when you guys think about what you want your ideal relationship to look like, if that's something that you've thought about. Yeah. I mean, I think about this a lot nowadays because mm-hmm. my life is about to be so very different yeah. and it is impacting everything and often not great ways. But mm. um, like the last person I talked to, I was under the impression that they were seeing me for me and then I realized like I had I've once again been put on a pedestal and I think that's what I hate the most. Mm. And it's happened in every, like, every person. I've only ever dated black people. But what's interesting is, like, I've had, like, crushes, like, real intense, like, crushes where I'm like, wow, this person really gets me. And yeah. that, those have always been white people, white men. Mm. And I remember I watched Slave Play, and I had to, like, literally come back home and, like, journal. But I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, I realized black men historically in my life have put me on this weird pedestal, this like Madonna God complex pedestal. Like mm. I am the mom, I'm the provider, I'm all I'm those things. I am their mom while they're in my house. And white dudes don't do that. So like white friends, male friends that I've had that I've found myself feeling romantic feelings for, like my roommate calls me Gravy. My name is Grace, but she calls me Gravy because she's like, your actual personality, your it's like gravy. Everyone loves gravy, but it's a little messy and it can get mm. everywhere and you can't always control it. So she calls mm. her gravy and it's really cute. And I always say like, I've never dated anybody who fell in love with gravy. Mm. And I've never, I rarely ever do black men see that side of me or attracted to that side of me, like that side of me. They expect a black girl magic all the time they expect a certain strength level all the time they expect a certain level of emotional maturity all the time whereas i've had like white male friends who have like oh developed crushes on who it's like from the jump they don't expect nothing so i can so i find myself being more vulnerable being more myself Mm -hmm. and i like when i drilled about i was like but i thought i want to I want to have a black love relationship with these black men don't love me for me. And like now, especially now too, when in a month or two, I will be an entirely different pay grade. Yeah. That too has also impacted yeah. it. 
because tax I'm like the tax bracket. <laughs> I mean, well, let me the hold it down a little bit. The tax bracket I was at, it was going to shift regardless. But <laughs> like, I mean, like that also has impacted it down too, because finance finances play such a he- uh, a big role in black love yeah. for whatever reason, where men yeah. feel like they need to be the provider. They need to be able to provide this stuff. They need to do all those things. Yeah. So like, I've literally had arguments with exes in the past where I'm like, you just spent your phone bill to get me $300 worth of Fenty makeup. And now you oh, can't I would call never. me. <laughs> I was so upset. I was like, I was like, I don't need those things. And he was like, a real think, man, think. a real man can do all this. And for me, one thing my daddy always did pay the bills. Yeah. He, my mom, whatever she got outside of that, one thing he always made sure Leticia had, she had groceries in her fridge, bills were paid, she was settled, she didn't have to worry about nothing. So she wanted to spend 12 hours guardianing, she could. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I'm like, you're just buying me gifts to post on Twitter to tell Twitter that you're a man, but you haven't handled your own shit. Like, I'd rather, your hard-earned money is going to makeup that I'm not gonna wear because I don't happen to like that eyeshadow shade. Like, come on. But it's so inherently tied into now. We, I call them empty box Twitter, where y'all post boxes for Valentine's Day and birthdays, but there's no evidence that there's anything in the box. Like, cause of all these empty box Twitter posts, like everybody feels like they gotta be doing the most. Like y'all feel like you gotta be providing Whoa. offset birthday spreads. But I know you work at an Amazon warehouse, and that's fine. Grace is bringing what out the twelve been? gauge. Sorry, Grace but it's like out. just real quick, real quick, real quick, real quick. Grace. She just like, said dude. so fast. <laughs> I know you work at an Amazon warehouse, and that's fine. What the thing to... is? What the thing is, Jude? <laughs> that is fine. Like that's the thing. It's like I am twenty-four. Yeah. I do not. Expect, I don't expect other twenty-four niggas to be six-figure. Bitch, I didn't expect me to be six figures. So why am I out here yeah. demanding shit from you that logistically we know you don't get to that job position until you're 28, 29. So why would I ask you to buy $4,000 worth of gifts for one every other week? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, those, it, it, that's yeah. not love. That's material. Yeah. That is Twitter. That's not love. That is black love is so inherently tied to right now. Clout and being like yes. trying to prove something. Yeah, versus yeah. trying to prove something to your heart, to yourself, and the person you're with. And that's why we keep putting people on pedestals that they didn't actually be put on. We keep seeing people as not how they are, yeah. assuming they want more than what they're asking for, because yeah. we're letting Twitter decide what is right for us rather than, like, a therapist. Get, Listen, go to therapy, guys. <laughs> no, Grace, you're, you're right. You're, you're tapping into, I think, like, why, how, why and this. how this idea of you – know, this is a great idea. Uh, why and how this concept of black love is harmful to anyone who, partic- who, who ascribes too much uh, value to it. Because then what it does is it, it – people enter these relationships, I think, with these, with these roles that they feel like they have to fulfill without ever really – clearing that with the other person and then it breeds resentment because you think that someone's expecting something of you that they were never expecting and then and then you and then you start the fresh and fit podcast and you ask what women bring to the table when you could have just had you could have just i love taking shots at niggas i love i love it i I bring my disney plus password and you bring hulu and let's watch some tv like i don't need to be out there in the streets you know what i mean Like I'm, I like, and and I mean to be vulnerable for a minute. Like I have been 
in a relationship where I would, even at this level, like where I wasn't making really any money, but definitely wasn't making the most money of, of the two of us, right? And it's like, it, in, in so, it, can, it can feel demoralizing. And I think part of that is because of the, you know, like you said, Grace, like the example that I had growing up where like, we, I mean, even if we were struggling I, financially, I never really knew about it because everything that all of our necessities were provided, right? Yeah. So it wasn't like, you know, there was never a situation where that wasn't taken care of. It was just maybe there's less gifts for Christmas this year, you know, that type of thing. Um, but that can kind of weigh on you because it's like, you know, obviously you, I mean, I, most relationships, I feel like the way, the way I think about it, especially when you're dating, like before we even get to marriage, because none of us are are near that stage right now but it's like when you're in relationships like i the way i think of it i like to be able to um i like things to be somewhat even you know what i mean it's like if if like you know hey babe like you just got a promotion congratulations i want to treat you to dinner tonight and then like that can be either one of you or we want to go out treat each other as valentine's day let's split it maybe or one like whoever decides you can still keep up all the courtship obviously but it, it doesn't have to always be, I think, this static thing of, like, the man is paying for dinner every time, regardless. You know what I mean? And it's like, then if you are dating someone like Grace who's making six figures and she's on HBO Max and you're not at that level, you're going to be bitter at her because you pursued her knowing what she, knowing what level she's at. And you can't, I mean, like, you have to come into the relationship and be like, okay, I'm, I'm, this is where I'm at financially, but I'm still willing to like, like, like you said, bring the Hulu password. Like, <laughs> and that's also and probably all the greatest. If, 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 if I like right. you, I like you. It's so frustrating now being in a place where I'm literally like, my friends are like, are you dating? And I'm like, how? Explain it. Because <laughs> like, how am I going to date? One, I can't even, I don't want to talk about my job because I don't want clout. That's a whole different thing. But it's, right. but it's like, now I'm, I don't want people to feel pressured by it. I don't want people yeah. to feel like I expect you to come in like Tom Holland every five seconds when it's like, I have been filming on this TV show for three weeks. How, ask me how many times I left my house. I don't leave my house because this right. job is just a job. Okay. I'm still the same loser I was before. All right. So I sit on this bed <laughs> and I watch these K-dramas and we watch Psych and I don't do anything else. <laughs> just because I'm working on this TV show don't mean I'm out in the club. Don't mean I'm out in fashion week. Right. Shit, they haven't even announced my casting. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's so frustrating because people assume, they put all these like pressures and assumptions, yes. especially on black mm. women. People put all these like bougie assumptions on black women and they don't allow black women to speak for themselves and say what they want in their honesty and truth. And so then also black women sometimes feel pressured to lie about what they want or like lie about who they are or come off as one thing when they're actually another because they're trying to aspire to be this like perfect thing because also black yeah. men have also been ingrained that none of y'all niggas want us anyways so if we fuck up none of y'all niggas is gonna want us anyways so now we have right. to be perfect and then perfect again and then perfect again and then we get in trouble for making too much money and then nobody want us anyways and i'm back to square yeah. one how i get here what i do they yeah. chinese niggas <laughs> I mean, my friend is, and she's really happy. <laughs> <laughs> I I have uh I have a question for y'all. Um, this is more of a fun question, but it, it it came up in the video, and and I know that we have all watched this show, so I'm going to ask this um, to to maybe uplift things, but it it but it ties into the same theme. Um, do y'all think? 
Issa and Lawrence should have gotten back together at the end of the series. Wow. I, I, I didn't give a shit. I do like it. <laughs> I like it, guys. Like, uh, listen, <laughs> I, talking to a nigga who that, that's happened to him, like I was Lawrence at one point, I felt for him. And I don't know. Like, should he have gotten back together? I don't Like, they seem to work out. Whatever they worked out, good for them. But, mm-hmm. like, mm, I, I didn't give a shit. I think I, I, I think it could have been maybe a little darker, maybe. Like, maybe it didn't have to end all happy, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, because yeah. so many different stories could have been told. But I'm, 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 I, I'm, I wasn't as invested and insecure as everybody else. I just binged it. And also you binged it, yeah. Ahmad, how'd you how'd you feel about it? Because I know you you kind of, I think you watched it kind of at the pace that it was being released, and you you saw the build up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. When I saw <laughs> the final episode, I just knew it was gonna go. It was either gonna be Issa's going to move on and live her life, um, still doing. Um, um, What's what the hell is her name? What the hell is the the company name that she's in? We got y'all know that's the old we, one. We that's the no, old one. Uh, um, on something the block. block. The block. The block. Yeah, hot block. block. <laughs> so, <laughs> black block. Nigga town. What is it like? Crenshaw? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Cren- the one. Crenshaw is that, that was the artist. Lovecraft, Lovecraft country. Lovecraft country. Lovecraft country. country. That's, that's funny. Block. <laughs> <laughs> something. Something about the block, but. She she's gonna move on and like and uh, expand that and focus yeah. on yeah focus on her career. But on the other hand, I was like, she's gonna fall back in love with him, even though he got even though he got the kid. She's gonna remember like all the years they spent with each other and you know getting married and you know she wouldn't go through any of these trials and tribulations and problems with anybody else. Why? Because that is her love her that's her true love <laughs> and i said uh, <laughs> <laughs> whatever and then at the end i said that's it <laughs> and i was like you know what i'm done with this show now i'm, I'm glad it's over. <laughs> well the show is done i'm, I'm glad yeah, the show over. is also done with us <laughs> i'm like i'm glad Lisa said over. y'all are gonna be mad no matter what i do so yes. I'm do what she do. said i'm literally making eight figures now so <laughs> I'm just Here. throwing that out at Hold you, at. and I'm going to continue. Issa like, said, I'm married in real life. I don't care about this exactly. fictional character I created. Exactly. And a lot of people a lot of people like to base their relationships off of, like, these insecure characters. Um, they're like, I need a man like him. What? No, no you don't. <laughs> you don't need a man like I feel like, like a lot of people like, do that with their relationships. Yeah. I need a man like this fictional character on, on a TV show. It don't work like that, but You just need a man that exists in real life. Yeah, which none loves of you for do. you. And, and <laughs> the, the thing is, like, I, I, I agree, Jude. I, I started watching Insecure uh, when I was uh, in college upstate at Geneseo, and I, I felt for Lawrence as well. I related to him because I was in a situation that was similar to, I feel like, what he was going through. So he is, he is sympathetic for that reason. Um, and I, and I, there was a point, I, I you know... For most of the show, I would say I would I would say I was rooting for their relationship. Um, but I think the reason I bring it up is because in the video, FD brings it up. And he also says, like, you know, I 
he says that he feels good about how the show ended because he likes how it depicts a commitment to what I mentioned before, like loving someone in all of the stages that they're in and that yes. in all of the stages that life takes you. And that is what the show is about, right? Like from the very beginning, it's been Issa and Lawrence, but they had to kind of separate to understand that. I mean, my issues with the finale are more structural than they are even like plot based. And that's like a separate conversation, but yeah, it's that's like, your nerd writer yeah, side. Yeah. That's, that's mm. this, but over, but here I'm like, okay, like cool. Like she winds up with Lawrence, you know, it's, it, 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 I guess it makes sense, but I know there were people that were upset. Like, you know, this is showing people that it's okay to get back with your ex. Like it's okay to not get back with your ex. Like maybe it, that was the you, person you dated for that time and, and, and not, you know, they're not who you need right now. You can. Yeah. You can get back with Shirley. Also, it's a, it's a TV show and everybody was being <laughs> like, because it's one depiction, now everyone's going to go get back with their ex. No, because mm. your ex beats on you, babes. Lawrence yes. is kind of slow. Your like, my thing is like... Your ex Lawrence, tries to put a child on you. Right. <laughs> Lawrence never committed no crime. Like, no. yes, he was a douche. And yeah. like, because personally, I was happy. All my girls got the end to get the end. I was happy because mm-hmm. everybody was like, what I want is for these girls to like, you know, focus on the career and strong black. And I said, fuck that shit. You want that? Go watch Waiting to Exhale. I want to see. <laughs> okay. I want to see it. I've earned it. So when they went black woman by black woman and gave each one their fairy tale, I said, you better work. Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding? I don't care if it's because also the reality, what I like too, is she chose the option that wasn't the perfect option, but it was her heart. And mm-hmm. I'm like, we do not let black women do this, especially in rom coms, because I'm an avid rom com lover. Mm-hmm. And I have grown up watching these white women choose the bottom of the barrel man again no, and again. And everybody run around with their love actually boards, like, oh my God, I love it. She followed her heart. And then yeah, a black J-Lo girl does it. And- Mary Owen Wilson. Yeah. J-Lo done married 12 people she shouldn't marry in a rom-com, okay? <laughs> literally, she Mary, made her rom-com Mary. career off of doing that, okay? Yeah. I literally watched a white woman break up her best friend's wedding and walk away with that nigga. And y'all want to get mad at Issa? Listen, <laughs> let black women Whoa. not be perfect sometimes. Because also, again, Lawrence didn't kill nobody. Yes, Lawrence was a douche, but also the amount of growth that occurred with Lawrence. If this was season was three, I would have said, fuck that hoe. But it's season five <laughs> because two more years and he grew up, he manned up, he bossed up, and he became the man worthy of her love. Yeah. And same way as Issa did vice versa. It yeah. was a story, it was about growth. It was a story about imperfection. And it was a story about doing the choice that is right for you. And you yes. know that is right for you. And it is not always the choice that society tells you have to do. Society wants black women to do to to do what they think black women yeah. should do because we yeah. put all this pressure on them and i personally going into that finale i said all i want i want my ladies boot up i want my ladies with a ring on it because if i have to see that that factoid that 33 percent of black women are going to die single one more time i'm gonna shoot somebody i want these four black women oh. with the fucking boot <laughs> and if i don't get it everybody's everybody's blown up so right. when she ended up with lawrence i said fine yeah fine are you happy Issa? Fine, great, because I'm happy. I just, yeah. I like and needed it. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know one thing. I was not going to allow Issa to be with that dude, Nathan. I did not like him. 
Nathan is horrible. A waste of my time. <laughs> a waste of my time. Nathan, go home, Nathan. Go home, Nathan. This man, I, this man had his bedroom lamp uh, standing on top of a car. On a crate. <laughs> on a crate. God bless him. On a milk crate, trying to do the milk crate challenge in his own bedroom. Absolutely not. No. Why no. is she still with this man? This this <laughs> this is uh <laughs> Grace, your point is very well said, and I think it, it dovetails us very nicely into the last question I have for y'all. In the video, FD talks about well not FD himself, but one of the couples that he uh interviews talks about this idea of self-compassion, right? Practicing love for yourself so that you can, you know, embrace someone else. And this is something that we've heard mm. all the time. So I, I guess what I'm curious about for y'all, as tidily as you can present it, is how do you practice compassion for yourself, right? Like, how do you, how do you show yourself love, particularly when, if and when you're feeling, like, lonely or, like, as it relates to relationships and your desire to be in one or whatever? Like, when, when you have those moments, and I know, like, you know, two out of the four people on this call are in one, but... Even when, even thinking about when we're not like, or, we're, or when there are, or, you know, there are moments in our, in our singleness or even in our relationships where we feel a little lonely. How do we practice compassion to ourselves? You know, how do y'all, how do y'all show up for yourselves? Um, I was going to say, I, <laughs> I do it. So like the big way that I've been doing it is like, like, it's going to sound weird, but like, I talk to myself and like my weirdo my roommate has gotten used to it, but she was like, she was like, you're very good at finding entertainment in yourself and like yeah. joy and happiness in yourself. Like I don't inherently yeah. need somebody around to feel fulfilled. And I also think lately I've been practicing the art of vulnerability Yeah. because to myself, to my roommate, to my close friends, letting people in, letting myself be more vulnerable, letting myself be more vocal about vulnerability and like moments when I'm not feeling good um, and moments where I'm like, my life isn't perfect, fuck off. I've been doing that way more often than I've ever done. And I think it's a good way of reminding myself that like, I don't, I don't have to meet anyone's pedestal ever. I don't have to meet anyone's pedestal now so that one day if somebody comes into my life, I won't have to meet your pedestal then. I can just be me and me in its fullness is enough. Like I've off, I keep reminding myself that like I I as Grace don't need anybody else to add value. Because also I realize like a lot of my loneliness is not rooted in like relationship loneliness. I've been mostly single most of my life. Like shout out to colorism, I guess. Most people aren't trying to date me. So I've found that my loneliness most of the time is rooted in a sense of I'm lonely around everyone. Yeah. I can be in a crowd and not feel understood. I can be like, you know, with my roommate and feel depths of loneliness. That's what I target. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to feel fulfilled in my everyday life. I don't often think about what it'd be like to have a boo and all that stuff. In fact, most of the time I tell people, if you're not coming for anything serious, please go away. Mm -hmm. Because I'm actually finding a lot of fulfillment being by myself. And I don't want you to come in and mess with that and then leave. 
Yeah. And then I have to start again. No. Right. You coming in. Like I just cleaned my room and now you're talking. And then you go mess it up and then no. Like I'm like, I, I don't find, I don't even view it as like single, whatever. I'm not partnered right now. Whatever. That, that has no definition on anything else in my life. Like I don't, I think the greatest thing I've done for myself is not compare myself to my friends who will boot up, not compare myself to anyone because also Sometimes I have to remind myself, those niggas are comparing themselves to me right now. They may be booed up, but they also may want to be me right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So rather than coveting Whoa. somebody else's life, let me focus on like crafting and making my life really wonderful. And then maybe somebody might walk into my house and then I, they will stay. Yeah. No, it's if it, not. Okay. Comparison is the thief of joy. I say, it I, remind it to, I remind myself of this all the time. There's like, you know, there's really no use in, in, in working yourself up about what you can perceive about someone else's life because they're trying to do there's, – there's whatever I think I lack compared to someone else, they could look at me and say, well, I wish I had what Justin had going on, you know? Yeah. yeah. How about you, Ahmad? How do you, uh, how do you love yourself? You put that beard oil on. You dance around <laughs> in that robe. Listen to D'Angelo. I mean, listen. You got the bonnet on, my brother. Listen, who are you telling? Who are you telling? <laughs> um, I would say that some ways of me um, loving myself or just putting myself in a, in a space to uh, like some, some techniques in order mm-hmm. for me to just feel like I'm alone and that's okay or mm-hmm. I'm alone in this room and that's okay. Uh, I, don't, I don't go on my phone to speak to anybody. Uh, more so meditate uh something that my well one of my one of my professors she gave me was uh you know whenever you're feeling like there's some stress going on if you feel like you're down and and at some point just uh lay lay on your back and have your legs go on top of the bed and be there eyes closed for 20 minutes Mm. and that shit is amazing it is amazing Sometimes you just, either you want to self-reflect or you just want to take a good-ass nap. Um, <laughs> when it comes to music, hell yeah, I go into my, in my soul era, I go into my, I go into my arm bizzle. Um, you know, uh, either D'Angelo, uh, <laughs> uh, Eric Benet, or mm-hmm. maybe, um, shit, may, maybe Jasmine Sullivan will, will be played. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just like to get into the mode of me being with myself, me going to the gym or or me writing in my writing in my journal, or just writing in general. Yeah. Um, and telling myself that, you know, I'm still here. I'm still worth it. I, I feel good. I look good, booty bone naked. And I am uh, a beautiful black man. That's all it is. And yeah. Yeah, I'm worthy, I'm worthy to love someone and also be loved, and also tell myself that yes, I do fuck up, I do make mistakes, and I, the only way to just move forward is to just move fucking forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But also learn from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jude, how about you, man? You know, um, and you're a big proponent of therapy, so yeah, that's all I do. Like, I don't <laughs> have any answers right now. I just. <laughs> Go to therapy, and I'm figuring it out as as we speak. Yeah. And you hit you know? squats. 
and I, I hit my squats. So I, I just <laughs> honestly, the key, my key right now is <laughs> listen to violent rap music, lip working out, and going to therapy. Therapy mm-hmm. is has been crucial to me, and mm-hmm. I've I have this new aspect of loneliness with my mother passing. Yeah. And that one is just really scary because now it's like I'm the only one who knows me, like from birth, right. if that makes any uh-huh. sense. And that that is that was a new battle I was facing, and I I made the mistake of like, you know, being completely alone when she passed away, and I got myself into a relationship where I just didn't want to be alone. I just mm-hmm. couldn't do it. But now with therapy, I found my coping mechanisms and why I shouldn't be in, you know, anything at this at this point in my life. Mm-hmm. But I'm still just figuring out coping mechanisms and ways of, you know, altering my thinking when it comes to my loneliness. But honestly, I feel pretty good. And I have, you know, gr- gratefully, and I know I probably annoy the shit out of y'all. But I have Justin, Ahmad, all of our homies, and shouts out to Stephanie, my uh, my good old pal, mm-hmm. you know. And I have people that you know care about me, and when they can, you know, they holler at me, and I you know appreciate you all for that, you know. Stephanie, Justin, Ahmad, Wes, niggas from Garcia Gung Fu, yeah. uh, my cousin Francesca, Ryan Putman, Ryan Cullen. All y'all, Kim. So shout out to all y'all for looking out for the kid. Oh, don't you know what? I, I can't even go on for this. <laughs> well, hey man, it's 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 it's, a, it's an honor to you know to to know you and um and I, I love you, man. Yeah, appreciate y'all, man. Um, I think for me, uh, self compassion has to be about um. I think it it has to be similar to kind of what Ahmad said about allowing myself to make mistakes and um, or and giving myself grace, <laughs> giving, giving myself a misdoer. Um, in, in that in that it's like when you grow up with a certain level of, of expectation, perceived or real, um, that can weigh on you, and you know it it you don't even realize how anxious you are about like making any sort of decision or including anyone into your life uh, until like it it has to happen. You know, I told, I told my dad a while ago that like, cause he was like, well, I mean, like if you have casual sex with people and like, if that's not like the thing that makes a relationship real, like what is? And I was like, honestly, is when y'all know about it. Like when I, when I tell use someone's name then then it's like as now now that's in the any the whole world could know but if my mom and dad don't know you don't exist (laughs) it is kind of how i operated for 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 a while and um and you know and it's like it's just because it's just because of like i mean it could be the the religion aspect of it like you know and, and it could be all of that but i just always feel that pressure to introduce someone to my parents who is like who, who, who 
I guess that feels substantial and like someone that I could be proud to show to them, like, you know, look who I found, you know, do you approve of this person for me? So there's, but, but saying that to say, like giving myself the grace to not always be like the, the, the poster boy or be this like, so, so to speak, perfect child. And in that to make mistakes sometimes with, with my relationships or even not, even not mistakes. I mean, just, just because a relationship ends doesn't mean it was a tragic mistake. Like it could just be what it was Justin. for the time. No, no. But, I, but what I'm saying is what I'm saying is, <laughs> right? Like, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I was like, uh-oh, guys. No, because I, I made tragic mistakes. <laughs> oh, well, yes. Yeah. But, but oh, okay. I'm saying, I'm speaking for me, from my point of view, like, you know, I like the relationship that I had at a certain point that ended, um, you know, pretty recently, it, it was, there was all of this collapsing, like embarrassment and shame on me for like, that I felt to myself for having broadcast this person as someone who felt like, you know, like they were going to be locked in with me for a while. And then for it to dissipate, I felt like I had failed the, the promise that I had established, you know what I mean? And obviously that's, that's just nonsense. It's your, it's your anxiety working against you. It's the devil, whatever you want to call it. But it's like, that was how I felt. And so I have to give myself room to, to, to let relationships be what they're going to be and to not try to obsess about like, it has to be exactly this thing. Otherwise, why am I doing it? You know, and just thinking of myself as, as a, as a catch, you know, like thinking of myself, like, yeah, I'm a, I'm like, I'm a, I'm a cool guy to date. I'm a cool guy to be with, you know? And I, and that's yeah. because I'm cool as me. So if you get me as a boyfriend, then it's like, you get extra perks, but like, yeah. I'm, I'm cool on my dolo. And I think like yeah. that, you know, that's the thing that we're all, but we're, we're all in our, our 20 somethings. So we're trying to figure it out. We're all trying yeah. to yeah. explore yes. who we are. And, and exactly. that's what I, Yeah. I would, I would say, I would say one thing, uh, just to piggyback off of that. Just like, like you said, owning mistakes, but I mean, making mistakes, but also owning up to it. Yes. And figuring out how can you change that in yourself, uh, and and you know, how how, how can you better yourself in that in that moment, or yes. if that situation pops up again, um, what what are some other ways that you can battle that that situation? And I feel like I do do that. Uh, Whereas I make the, at times before, I would make mistakes and then just be like, well, shit, I did it, but fuck it, I don't give a fuck. And then I'll just keep going. Yeah, that was so bad. That was so horrible of me. And then sometimes, like, that would come up again, but it's, it's just me realizing, like, I really need to just grow the fuck up and mm-hmm. own those mistakes that I've committed and how can I better the relationship that I'm in? How can I better my, how can I become a better boyfriend mm-hmm. and uh yeah because i'm not trying to be the person that i was two years ago or mm-hmm. trying to be the person that i was yesterday mm-hmm. i want to become better every single day mm-hmm. um and so yeah 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 that's that's mostly it and also me telling myself that i have i have great friends yeah. i have amazing friends i have amazing connections i have amazing um that I, I'm fine at, 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 at where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 
That's beautiful. We're still young, okay? Yeah. We're yeah. young. My parents met at 28, 29, something along those lines. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if this motivates anybody, my mom was the first woman my dad ever interacted with romantically at the age of 29. His family thought he might be gay. Like, they were literally like, we are wow. losing hope here. <laughs> and he met my mom in nursing school. And 33 <laughs> years have passed, and he's still very much obsessed with her. So, like, yeah. I, I say that to remind you, like, we have time. We, yeah. There is no yeah, rush. Like, just focus. Like, live in the moment. I think worrying about, oh, I'm single now or I'm this or that. You're not living in the moment. And you should yeah. always live in the moment, whether you're in love with somebody or you're in love with yourself or you're both. But sometimes that that can cause that can cause like a big spin because a lot of people don't like that term living in the moment. Mm-hmm. This is what well, I did. Told me. <laughs> I, I no no I feel you. I like it too. Just I know just know some people are just like I don't like it when people use that because it seems like yeah y'all just trying to have fun and always trying to have fun. I'm like. But you can have fun in a relationship the same way you can have fun single. You just need to... I think to... I have a, a practical way of using that statement. Uh, mm. Our meditation teacher, Stan, put me onto an idea when I was with um, a girlfriend of mine and I was having mm. trouble of overthinking things. And he was like, think three days ahead. Don't think mad far into the future where you'll come up with all these ideas about getting married and da 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 And don't think about obsessing you know, your past yeah. years in the past be within three days mm-hmm. week by week and you may not be 100 percent happier but you know you'll you won't fuss yourself with things that haven't happened yet or that won't yeah. happen anytime soon and he mentioned a, a couple that he worked with and they use this method and they've been together for dumb long grace we're going we need to find you a man <laughs> good i would love that if y'all if you guys know any my is, mother specifically would love that with DJ. Yeah. grace is gonna wind up on this great. uh on this courtship show that's coming out i, I actually I'm, no see i can't do that because i like the show ironically because i'm i'm gonna bully it so i can't it. be on a show you can't be on it if I'm you're gonna, gonna bully it yeah yeah, yeah yeah if y'all haven't heard about this they're basically they're they're recreating like it's it's just bridgerton like they're they're mm-hmm. recreating the Bridgerton aesthetic they have a young black woman as the sole candidate she goes in and a bunch of guys have to try to court her under the the conditions of like yeah but but specifically under the conditions of like ye olde uh, British England I think it said ye olde no literally they're literally like it is 16 yeah like they have like ascots and like you know the whole like boots you know the whole thing like Disney Disney princess dude's gonna wear makeup and the George Washington wigs not that far maybe Oh, that's, that's, yeah, it's very, it's so Bridgerton. I know they got the idea off of Bridgerton because it exploded and Bridgerton's lead was a black and they were like, ah, (laughs) but yeah, listen, if you know any single people who are cool and are down to come eat hot pot with me and my roommate and her boyfriend, cool. But also if they're going to be weird about my job, then no, (laughs) cause that's what just happened to me. And I prefer, I don't do with that again. Grace, you, so, so Grace, so Grace, you don't want to steal uh, Gunna from Chloe? Don't Chloe disrespect her like happy. that. Chloe <laughs> seems very happy. Don't disrespect her like Chloe that. And I'm glad Chloe Bailey is happy because Chloe Bailey, I love you. So whatever makes you happy makes me happy. And I, 
So, um, me and Gunna don't have anything in common. I can already tell. Yeah. Me and Gunna, yeah. me and Gunna don't have anything in common. Grace, you're not pushing P. You're not pushing P. No, you know I only learned that meant positivity last week. Oh, I see. But I thought that, that meant some. It means pushing positivity, but I thought it meant something oh. entirely different. Pushing penis? I like, thought it was pushing perks. I thought, I thought, it, was, I thought it was drugs. I thought yeah. people were asking me to be rude. Right. I thought it was hashtag euphoria. But he said it's positivity. Right. And I'm like, oh, there's other ways to say that. Um, <laughs> it, just... You're going to be feeling real positive all this <laughs> Right. I was like, honor, sir. I'm like, Gunna, you know what this is. Like, that was very weird. For, that was weird. But yeah, yeah, my standards are standard. Don't cheat. Don't be colorist and don't be sexist everything else i don't even really care i yeah. I'm, I'm not even kidding my dad's five three so like the height thing who cares listen the duos we have never come tall <laughs> <laughs> so so she so she the man's the foot rubs the hand rubs back massages when she walks in the door because she's been on set for 12 hours I, and i have and... a massage gun so you just really got to put it on the back Exactly. So, so she she was like, "You need to do stuff without her asking you, um, because like she don't need to ask you if you just were in the room with her. You just yeah, sitting exactly. there like 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 a dunce. Yeah. But you know, just putting this out, Grace. If we are unsuccessful with finding a man, all three of us will come over with your roommate and boyfriend, and we're gonna all eat some food. Yeah. That's that. <laughs> You're like, I want hot pot regardless. I want hot pot <laughs> shit. I was, <laughs> Like I'll we bring, have a, we do have a hot pot machine. We do have a hot pot machine, and we do Jude will bring the parmesan. Yeah, Jude will bring the eggplant parmesan. I'll bring I do some like something. I don't know parmesan. some salmon, some wings. Listen, like, I'm also down for this because most people <laughs> are successful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this can just be this can just be a thing. You know, we can just hang out. Let's just go. Let's just hang out. Let's just. I was also like, let's just hang out. Dating is <laughs> dating is a lot. Like y'all got it. I hope you're happy. I'm personally. <laughs> I'm personally I'm, just waiting for my checks to clear. She's she's <laughs> posted up chilling. I'm serving dick and food. <laughs> yep. Come on now. And I'm I'm waiting for Grace to give me my my five dollars because you know it's just like I, I need yeah. it now. So but, let me hold you know, that. Let me yeah. hold that. Let me hold that five. Let me hold that. Let five. me let me just hold it. Let, again, let's let the check clear. <laughs> I want to thank y'all. First of all, our guests for coming on a short notice and contributing yes. to this conversation with us. Yeah. Um, I want to thank y'all for helping make this a really cool episode. Um, and, uh, you know, of course, Grace, always feel free to come back. This is, you're a friend of the show. You know what I mean? You're welcome. I'm a friend of the show. Yeah. We, you know, anytime we do a takeover, you know, we could just swap you in and no one would even know. They'd be like, oh, Grace. I yeah. think they would. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, it was, it's great seeing you, great talking to you. And uh, we, you know, I think we've we've talked a lot in my head at first i was like oh we'll we'll get grace and then we'll go back and then talk between the three of us about the other stuff we had on the docket for today but let's just sit with what we've discussed you know oh, let's yeah. just let it let us let Nigga, it i'm tired ain't gonna lie yeah. to you. <laughs> you've been falling asleep look at me mom, look at me laying on this no he's in bed like this. <laughs> yo so oh my god yeah memory foam <laughs> Happy Black History Ooh. Month. Enjoy the, the final yeah. weeks of February. 
send a black person some money. Uh, if you want more Uptown Love, you can find us across socials at HVO Pod. Uh, you can, of course, look up our back catalog on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the Podbean app. Rate and review the show wherever you get it. It really helps us out. And uh, stay tuned for next month. And wear your damn condoms. That's right. Go get your STI checked yeah. out. That's right. Yeah. Just wrap your shit and, up. And, we don't and a mask. Nobody. And masks. And a mask. Mask and the fuck mask. up. Yeah. Please wear your mask. Ma- wear a mask on the train. Yo, I, I consider someone not wearing a mask on the train. That's like sharing a heroin needle. Yes. <laughs> we should have been done that, to be honest. We should have been wearing a mask right. on that nasty ass train. Bruh. They cleaned it if for the first time. Honestly, years. yo. <laughs> that Japan had it right. <laughs> that shit wasn't even clean. They, was they literally announced it. They said, for the first time in 110 years, the subways have been cleaned. Are you serious? Why would you tell me that? <laughs> yeah, you don't remember when the pandemic started? Yeah, I remember that. They shut down the train that. and they were like, for the first time in 110 years, they're cleaning the trains. Oh, wow. Thanks so much. <laughs> yeah. None of, like it clean None of our grandparents. Would have been that old. And they got the nerve to say, like, they got the nerve to say, uh, uh, pay the fare. It helps us uh, uh, increase ser- uh, update service. It helps us it <laughs> provide better service. It does not. I have seen clean. the fare increase three times in my life, and and the A train still look exactly the same. The six See? train. That was the train exactly they tried to clean. The six train. <laughs> the six train looks like it's still 1997. Yeah. But I have one more thing. Oh, what's what's one more thing, Ahmad? Um, if you sneeze or cough, ladies and gentlemen, please do it in your elbow. Please, please cover it with your elbow. Because I've seen this. I've seen this at Equinox. I have. I have seen this at Equinox. Not Equinox. This not man. Equinox. Not where I work. This man full blown sneezed in his hands, both of his hands, and wiped it on his shirt. <laughs> You're still just because you pay three hundred dollars a month for a gym membership don't mean you can still act like that. You're still dusty. You're still disgusting. I will smack you with a sanitized glove. Okay, please <laughs> stop. <laughs> smack it with a dumbbell. <laughs> like with a dumbbell. Jude, enjoy your your new blow up bed, sir. Well, not your blow up, but your air mat, your memory foam. Not they had either. to. They had to blow it up, is what I meant. But it's a memory foam. No, it's not. It had to expand because when you buy a rolled up mattress, you have to let it expand for forty eight hours. Right, 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 right. Oh wow! Not a blow up mattress. What do I look like? Do I do, do I do I look like Pete Davidson ten years ago? <laughs> like a mega. Look at Pete Davidson tomorrow if you don't watch this back. <laughs> Sleeping on the streets of Calabasas with a. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God bless you. Y'all be safe. Be easy. Till next time. Deuces. Stay black. Stay black. Black women.